Ellen, I want to talk to you about this, this amazing uh, adventure that you had in Ireland and this magical theatrical experience you had in, in Dingle. But my biggest concern right at the top is, what do I call this episode of the podcast? I always want to <laughs> give it a three-word title. Do I call it Ellen's Magical Theater? Uh, Ellen's Magical Dingle? That's a different <laughs> Any thoughts? Dingle with Ellen. Dingle with Ellen. Good evening and welcome <laughs> to Dingle with Ellen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 676, Red Fox Theater. My friend, the playwright Ellen Margolis, shared a wonderful experience she had over the summer of seeing the Red Fox Theater's production of Catch of the Day in Dingle, Ireland, and how a variety of different elements added up to a remarkable evening of theater. Her story encapsulated for me so much of what makes what we do so magical and hard to capture, and I chatted with her via Skype so she could share her experience with you. I apologize for the audio. For some reason, our voices were recorded in separate channels, so you'll hear me out of one speaker and Ellen out of another, and, but because I just landed in Israel and am mildly jet-lagged, I'm not able to figure out how to fix it in time to post this. So apologies, and enjoy anyway. When I'm traveling, and it's just me, when I'm not on a family trip, in other words, I see every show at every possible venue at every time that there's a show. You know what I mean? If I'm in New York, I'll see nine shows in a week. If I'm, you know, anywhere, any good theater town, I'll just every possible spot I'm seeing stuff. And only maybe the, you know, last trip I took to New York did I start to go, I could I could not see a show tonight. I could have a leisurely dinner with friends. That could be pleasant. You could I sit hear in there a are pub things and like read. parks and museums that are sometimes not, you know. So like that sort of compulsive, I mean, I love theater, but that compulsive need to see, see, see everything that there could possibly be to see, starting to let go of. And then this Ireland trip, I was feeling like, you know, I'm not driven to see shows. That's not really why I'm going. And so I kind of looked in on you know, what was on in Limerick and Galway, which are both decent sized cities. And they're just like, everything had just closed, you know? And so I just really let go of that. I was like, I won't be seeing shows in Ireland. Fine. Right. Right. And certainly didn't even, you know, not on my radar to think in this, in this town of 2000 people, that's a fishing village. Am I going to go? See theater. The only thing I know about Dingle other than its beauty is that you can swim with a dolphin there. There's a famous dolphin named Fungi, and that's, if people know three things about Dingle, that will be one of the things they know, is the famous dolphin Fungi, who um, lore has it that he's either been there for 27 years right off the coast, or 15, or, you know, 700, or, you know, but um, but it's a big tourist attraction to get on a boat and go out, and, and even to the point where you get your money back if Fungi doesn't make an appearance and sort of jump around your boat and say hi. So he's really important. So on this particular evening, you're in uh -huh. Dingle and you're thinking, you know what, what if I just go to a pub and sit in the corner and read a book, right? Yeah. I mean, it, 
that was something with there was something about the venue that made this special too right well, uh, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. Like, I didn't wander into a pub and suddenly there was a show. Right. But I wandered from, you know, I got off the bus in front of the in front of the uh, grocery store, and had to walk about a block and a half to my B and B. Right. So I go down to the corner, ready to turn onto the street where my B and B is, and there's this poster for theater, which is not certainly something I'm expecting. And then I'm thinking, okay, there's some little community theater, but it looks. It just looks sharper than that. You know, it looks like the, the image was chosen in a smart way, and I'm just kind of a little intrigued, right? So I go down to where I think my, my B&B is. I, I walk in this door of this home, and this lovely man, probably 70-ish, says, oh, it's next door you're wanting. And I, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, uh, sorry. And he goes, and he takes my hand like he's just been waiting for me to come into his life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just, but I'm so glad you're here, right? Um, and so we have a little moment and then I go next door and it's his daughter, in fact, who hosts and, and is the you know, proprietor at the B&B. And, uh, and she gets me settled in and she says, what are you thinking of doing tonight? And I said, well, you know, I got to go to the post office. And then I don't know that I saw this poster for this play. And she goes, oh, well, if you're thinking about it, go to the play. She says, my dad, who you met, is actually a character in the play. So her dad... 50 years ago, when he was a young, I think she said when he was a young git, um, was uh, part of this crazy fish story that happened in Dingle. So, uh, you know, 16-year-old John Brosnahan is part of the story. Um, and then I was like, well, of course I'm going. I mean, uh, you know, just go. for that. You've yeah, got to go, go now. You've met the guy. You've met the hero of this play. I know the guy. Yeah. I know the guy from hands. the thing. So then did you wander into this thing or did you read up on what you were going to see or did you have any idea what you were about to see? I knew nothing. Um, she said there was something about fishing and and that her father had done, some, done something really sort of foolish uh, that was a pivotal thing in the story. But that was kind of all she gave me. And uh, yeah, so then I had to find the place you get tickets, which isn't the theater, and my directions to go get tickets, you know, how that can be. In a, in a town you don't know, and people assume you know where, you know, so-and-so lives, and it's right next to them. So it took me a minute to get the tickets. Um, and then I just wandered back to the theater, which was right up the street from where I was staying, actually, the the Beehive Theater, which is a very evocative name in that part of the of the world, because they have all these beautiful little stone huts that are Beehive Huts. Wow. Ancient. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I wander up to the Beehive Theater. There's this kind of magic going on because I immediately meet this American couple who knows people, who work with people that I know. You know, it's just like such a small world kind of moment and lots to talk about with them. And we go in, we have, you have to walk through the set to get to your seat, you know, in this black box. And the, the actors are, and, and we, we sit in the front row, so we're on the ground, right? And um, the actors are kind of, kind of setting up and kind of joking with each other. It all seems very relaxed. Uh, one of the actors comes over to us and asks us for help with a, a crossword clue, which we got. So that felt good. Um, and then just kind of out of the blue, one of his castmates pulls up a song on his phone and leads us in a sing-along of Brown Eyed Girl, <laughs> which... <laughs> If you ever want to unite an audience, I think that's the exact way to do it. The best way to do it. Uh, and then we're, so, we're sort of then suddenly in the show. We don't know exactly how the show started, which is always lovely and exciting. 
and um, and it's and it's funny, and I think it started with some kind of sort of mild jokes about the touristiness of what we're all doing, and and fungi jokes, you know, fungi the dolphin. Uh, is, is, is talked about and you know you, you can only make so many jokes about fungi and then people get touchy kind of thing right um and jokes about like uh, americans coming over and sponsoring sheep and just sort of this like funny but sort of sly uh commentary on being a tourist attraction in a way mm-hmm. like what it's like to to be in a place like this right what it's like to be the people and you know we're, we're wonderfully all sort of getting on the same page and um, it's from the point from the point of view of uh-huh. the people who live there, not the tourists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but but not antagonistic. I mean, it couldn't be right. warmer. But but making you really laugh at yourself, and you know, just kind of taking the piss. Um, and then the story starts, which is a story of three fishermen in 1966, and the, so the three fishermen who are pretty goofy are the most, I would say, consistent characters through the through the story. You know, the actors, four actors, they play, it's, you know, kindred spirits with reduced Shakespeare, for sure. The four actors playing tons and tons of people. Um, but the, the three fishermen are out, I think, on an ordinary day, and they land this giant, ugly fish. <laughs> and they go to the local guy who knows about fish, which is another great piece of character work. And he says, oh, what you have there is a sturgeon. What's a sturgeon? And it's worth about um, 4,000 euros in 2019 dollars. So that's already a great <laughs> joke. And then, uh, and then they find out they can't keep this valuable fish because there's this crazy archaic law in the books that uh, whales and sturgeons belong to the queen. So they're royal fish. Oh. And, um, and even that's a little, like it must be that the waters around Ireland belong to the queen, you know, because it's not... England, it's not, they're not subjects of her, right? And, and somehow, this is in the Republic, it's not in Northern Ireland. Yeah, it's in the Southern, it's in the South. Yeah. Um, but somehow, anyway, they, they owe this <laughs> giant ugly sturgeon to the Queen. And then all the drama is about who's good with sending it to the Queen and who would not, you know, would go to his death before he'd send it to the Queen and who else would we send it to? And Eamon de Valera is evoked for a bit. And um, and so it's just this kind of crazy opportunity for all these historical figures to pop up and be embodied for just a second. And as with all um, Irish tales, even yeah. the true ones, there's a yeah. fable quality to this. Absolutely. Yeah. Hi, this is Ian Gomez, and you're listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. This week, we perform the international premiere of Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel, tomorrow night in Jerusalem at the Jerusalem Theater, Wednesday night in Haifa Auditorium, then Friday afternoon and 
Saturday afternoon and evening at the Kamari Theater in Tel Aviv as part of the London and Tel Aviv Festival in Israel. And then in three weeks, our 2019 dates conclude with performances of the ultimate Christmas show abridged in Pontiac, Michigan on December 14th and in Phoenix, Arizona on December 20th and 21st. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with playwright Ellen Margolis and her experience seeing Catch of the Day by Red Fox Theatre at the Beehive Theatre in Dingle, Ireland. Well, at what point did you go, oh my God, I'm seeing something amazing? Or was it not until hours later? Uh, no, no, no. It was definitely, uh, you know, continually sort of growing on me and just the kind of... Um, uh, you know, the, just a goosebumpy feeling of like I've just given myself over entirely to this thing. Um, lots of lots of really disarmingly funny moments. You know, where you just kind of lose control of yourself, and then but just transi transitioning then into some completely sharp social commentary, right? And so you just you know you're just going to go with it wherever it goes, right? And then as I mentioned, also you know this um long history. So uh, some of the storytelling is also predicated on this kind of flirtatious relationship that one of the actors establishes with an audience member mm. early on so that they can refer back and they can go, but Claire doesn't know about this. And we got to, you know, we got to make sure Claire's happy and Claire's comfortable. Um, and that's all so exciting because how's that going to go, you know? And uh, I mean, you guys do that too. And it's like, you get lucky with that audience member or you make it work kind of thing. Yeah, right? we, we do. In Long Lost Shakes, there's Dale and Gail that are, uh -huh. that's, we establish them early in the show and we just keep going back to them and back to them and back to them. Right. It's a great, it's a great uh, anchor. Um, yes. Uh, so we should really, what was the name of the company? The company is Red Fox Theater. Uh, they're young. Um, in the show are three men and a woman, and then there's another woman who's kind of the, I think, playwright director. Uh, they all produce together Irish, and they're from all over Ireland. I think the one that's from closest to um, to Dingle is maybe from Cork. So he may have grown up hearing this story. Uh, you know, can buy it honestly. But in any case, I believe they met in drama school in London, became a company, put this show together, took it to Edinburgh, had a surprise hit in Edinburgh, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then took it sort of back around the country, but with this great idea, I think, to take it to Dingle, where it should really, you know, you have to do it there. So right? it's in Dingle for a, for a set period of time? Just a few weeks, I, and, I, I believe. Wow. Yeah. So you caught it on its oh, Dingle so run. Oh, so lucky. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, and it reminded me, I mean, the way you described it, it reminds me of a fringe experience. We, yes. ju we just saw something at Second City, and Second City is not like it was in the 90s when Dee was there. It's uh -huh. this, it's this um, uh, a comedy industrial complex here in the corner of North and Wells in Chicago, where now it's, <laughs> they've got two main stages, and they've got a fab fabulous new restaurant, and they've got a dozen little rooms that fill where you can seat 10 people, you can seat 60 people and Thanks. anywhere in between. And we went and saw somebody do his one man show recently at six o'clock on the same night that we were seeing the main stage show at eight o'clock and we could get a bite. And as we came out of the eight o'clock show at 10 PM, we saw people lined up to see the 10:30 show. 
And it was all in this one building. So like Second what, City is a festival. Second City is a little fringe unto itself. Uh-huh. And and it and it was such a great evening because it felt like we were in Edinburgh. It sounds uh-huh. and like what you what you have discovered. You arrived to this small remote village, right. expecting nothing, and you stumble across magic. So I guess that begs the question: Would it be magic? If people have heard this podcast and go, I got to see this thing, and they go see it in a real theater in a big city, and they go, eh, what was so special about that? I think so. Although uh, I, I wonder if the big theater would not be would not be the best. Right. It's still wherever it plays in whatever city it plays, it still wants to be in a small, intimate venue. I think it wants to feel intimate, um, but I think that they're. I, and they they're trying to come over to the states. Like they really are. I chatted with a couple of them. Um, afterwards and they're really trying to, to get something going over here. Um, I, I think that it would be a new challenge, but something that they're very brilliant at to, to make all those references work and kind of uh, bring you in and, and teach you what you need to know in this, in this clever and funny way that they have, you know, and I really would love to see how they would do that for different audiences. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can find out more about the Red Fox Theater and Catch of the Day by going to their website, redfoxtheater.co.uk. Then send us your magical theater experiences via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Red Fox Theater at Red Fox Theater. Ellen, sadly, is only on Facebook. Thanks, as always, to Tourist Dolphin Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Nazarena Labo. No reason, it's just random, and I hope I pronounced that right. Special thanks to my TV husband, Ian Gomez, who's now on Apple TV's The Morning Show. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Tishner, 676 2028s of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. So is this like the top five, a top ten theater experience in your life to this point? It could be a top five. Wow. And I I mean, just because of the fullness of the whole experience, you know, because I've seen some great stuff. But, um, but I think it could be up there. And again, because as you said, the totality of the experience, yes. the combination of where you were, at what yeah. point in your life, at what point of your trip. Yeah. I mean, all of these things add up. Context is so important in, yes. in this living uh, uh, art form that we do. Certainly one of the most memorable you know, evenings I spent in the theater. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.